All right, everybody, welcome to the Floor Masters Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Moses, the owner of Simply Intricate Designs. I have learned to not say number one floor contractor when I'm talking to certain people, just out of respect. And I'm going to do that with this show because we have an amazing guest, an amazing topic, an amazing topic to talk about because a lot of people don't really know the ins and out of design. So let me introduce you guys to my guest, Miss Brandy Landry, the CEO of 1123 Matt Black. Please, Miss Brandy, introduce yourself. Tell people how you do it, where you do it, why you do it, who you do it for. Hello, hello, everybody. Thanks for having me, Anthony. So glad to be here today. And listen, I heard Anthony say something about he would not say that he's the best in the number one floor contractor, but I will tell you that I am the number one designer. Ooh, I love so it. So I'm excited. <laughs> Go ahead, Anthony. I love it. I love it. I didn't, I didn't mean to stop you. I just, I just, I'm, no. I just had to chime in. I love it. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. Listen, guys, I want to introduce myself. First, I want to go ahead and make a point before I do that, that I am super informal at my core. As much as I am on the professional side, super formal sometimes. At my core, I'm very informal. So you will hear me kind of jump in and jump out on here where you hear a little bit of professionalism and then you get a little bit of brandy. So get ready for the ride. But just to introduce myself, I am the owner and founder of 1123 Matt Black, formerly known as Brandy Landry Interiors. Um, what 1123 Matt Black is, is a design build firm. So we definitely take the client everywhere from the dream of having this new construction home or this new remodel all the way up to the actual construction and post-construction phase. And then on to the decor phase, quite naturally. So that is kind of who I am. I reside here in Lafayette, Louisiana. I'm a native of Lafayette, Louisiana. Um, so I'm sure you can hear it in my accent if you're tuning in from afar. So that country girl accent is still here. Um, I definitely enjoy what I do. We serve a luxury market. Our market uh, typically consists of um, high-end remodels to new construction. Um, but we love all our clients the same. So certainly we, we welcome anybody. But nonetheless, that's who I am. That's what we do. And that's who we serve in a nutshell. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, before we go any further, let me take this time to give a shout out to our sponsors, uh, the National Tile Contractors Association, the amazing association that educates the world on how to properly install tile and maintain tile. If you're not familiar with the National Tile Contractors Association, please get familiar because they will teach you how your tile is supposed to be set, how it's supposed to be uh, laid, everything that involves uh, expansion joints, everything that's supposed to be done for a proper installation of tile. We always love our uh, our sponsors, so we just have to give a shout out before we dive into this topic. So now that we got that taken care of, Miss Branding, uh, give us a little insight on how you got to to where you are now. Um, and and as far as the design goes, uh, just the the whole the whole firm, like how how do, how do we get to eleven twenty three Matt Black? Wow, that's a good question. How much time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> as much so, time as you got. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, that's that's a good question, and it's an interesting um, route that I took to get to where I am today. I spent a number of years, believe it or not, in the medical field. 
My degree is actually in medicine. Um, I spent 10 years and about six months in that particular venue. And um, along the way, what I, what I really noticed was that I had this creative ability that I was never able to, to use in that particular industry. And from a young, young child, I knew that I enjoyed just creativity on many, many different levels. And when I left the medical world, I said, you know what, now is my time to kind of enjoy and bring this side of my life, you know, to the, to the forefront. And I started exploring um, just design, just decor, actually, not design. Um, there's a difference, and we'll get to that in a little bit. Mm-hmm. But actually opened a boutique. And uh, it was called Asabi Natural Beauty Boutique. And it was interesting because when I was designing the boutique, little did I know at that time I was designing, um, I enjoyed that part of the boutique more than anything else, just the designing and the decorating of the boutique. And when my clients would come in, that was the first thing out of their mouth. Wow, it's beautiful in here. And like, who put this together? And it was funny because I was not concerned about the things in the boutique as much as I was walking in every morning and seeing how beautiful it was and not just beautiful, but it flowed well. Right. Mm-hmm. And to be able to navigate through it was awesome. So I had the boutique for quite some time, enjoyed every moment of it, enjoyed meeting new people because I'm definitely a people person. And while I was there every day that I was there, I spent thinking about how I could rearrange stuff and how I could reinvent the space and, and that kind of thing. And I would. I would move things around and just make it look a little different and make it feel a little different. But did you hear me say the word feel? Feel, feel was the biggest part of it, right? It felt good. The space felt good. And so once I decided, okay, I'm over the boutique thing. I really want to try this decor thing. I started doing it. That's just what I started doing. And it was more for my own project. It was my own stuff. Um, and I had always really gotten a lot of rave reviews from people that would visit my house and that kind of thing about how beautiful things were. And so I knew that there was there was something special about the way that I made a space feel. People would come to my house and fall asleep. Um, and so I knew the space didn't just look good. It felt good. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to be able to share that with the world. And I started um, really, really honing in on the education side of decor. And in doing so, I picked up some very, very phenomenal clients, um, celebrities to be included, lay clients to be included. Um, But nonetheless, in doing that, they started coming up with their own idea and their own ways they wanted to use it. And one client in particular um, really challenged me to do an outdoor um, addition, which came out beautifully. And it was funny because initially I didn't want to do it because I was like, no. I'm not an outside girl. I'm an inside girl. I'm an interior designer. And at that particular juncture, I went ahead and took the challenge. And let me just tell you this, Anthony, and the listening audience. I enjoyed every minute of getting dusty and dirty out there on that job site. I enjoyed the construction side of it. And that is kind of where the introduction to design became apparent. Um, I had a little knowledge about the differences between interior decorating and interior design, but not enough to get excited about being or becoming a designer. Um, So I started doing a lot more research, of course, started getting more educated in the interior design world. 
And I figured out that, guess what? I enjoy design more than decor. So just to kind of clarify for some people that may not be aware, interior design is different from interior decor because as a decorator, they're actually putting the fluff on everything, right? Mm-hmm. They're making the space beautiful and they're doing a little bit more by way of picking out drapes and maybe bedding and that kind of thing. Just the things that add the fluff, you know, nice area rugs, all of that good stuff, right? But as a designer, you're actually doing more about the functionality of the space, um, the space being able to be efficient in the space. How well does it flow? You have to deal a little bit more with the code and um, being able to actually know about permits and zoning and that kind of thing. And you're picking more finishes, right? You're mm-hmm. picking more countertop finishes. You're picking a backsplash a lot more as it relates to um, the space just functioning well, not just looking pretty. So with that, um, I, I figured out that that's really my spot. That's my sweet spot. And I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. So quite naturally, with that particular thing, you need more players on the team. Um, you need more than just Brandy Landry. Right. So that is kind of how 1123 Matt Black was birthed um, because I developed a team that would allow me to touch those projects um, that require a little bit more bandwidth, a little bit more manpower. So that team is comprised of um, an architect, a space planning consultant. I have a realtor, two stylists. I have a lead stylist and an additional stylist. Um, and then, of course, I have a creative director person that, that kind of deals with some of the creative stuff on social media. So it requires um, a huge team. And then outside of that, I actually have a team of subcontractors who have their own businesses, but also um, are our go-to subcontractors uh, for all of our projects. Right. So I needed to build uh, that size team to be able to accommodate. Now. Look, just from you mentioning uh, this whole team thing, uh, not to get too far deep into it, but just from from the contractor side, because a lot of our listeners are contractors. Um, hey, contractors! That, that seems <laughs> that seems to be a really hard task for contractors to build a team. How did you like? How did you develop this amazing thing that you got? Well, that's 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 neat that you asked me that because a lot of people ask that question. The way that I did that was if you heard me in the beginning of the conversation speak about spending time in the corporate world, that was something that we relied heavily on in that particular space. And it was team building and leadership. Mm -hmm. And so with that particular skill set, it was fairly easy for me to build a team. What was a little harder was finding um, the right talent, I guess, if you will, for the team, right? Mm -hmm. Because although I possess the skill set, uh, for interpersonal relationships and team building and that kind of thing. It didn't mean everybody that I was going to find had that same skill set to be a team player. So it took me a minute to find um, the right fit, the right talent, and then to be able to say that I was going to invest in training them and strengthening where they may have been a little bit more weak than I wanted to see, um, making sure that I had adequate training and coaching to be able to uh, help build the team that I wanted. So it took a minute, um, but I think that one of the things that's really, really neat about my team is that the entire team, from my creative directors team that I just mentioned earlier, all the way up to the subcontractors, every last one of them are business owners and entrepreneurs as well. 
Gotcha. And so, so they, they, they know all, how important it is. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> they all understand the standard. They understand how important it is. They understand that 1123 Mad Black is my baby. And uh, they treat it the same way that I treat it. But because they are business owners and entrepreneurs, they understand. They gotcha. understand. So that part wasn't difficult. Gotcha. So what I heard from that was you already had the skill sets on team building. And I think that might be the area where some people uh, uh, find trouble because if you don't have team building skills already, it could be a challenge. But you came into yeah, came right. into your business with that from uh, prior experiences. Yes, absolutely, That's absolutely. Cool. Now let's and let's talk about the I name. Wanna... Let's talk about the name. Uh, uh-huh. The name is really specific. Like, <laughs> where did eleven twenty three Matt Black come from? It is, and I'm laughing <laughs> while you're laughing because a lot of people just assume because I am a woman of color that uh-huh. that has something to do with um, the name, and it didn't. So where that name comes from is that when I was growing up, um, my dad was one of the, the really big motivating factors as it related to doing things in excellence and in just business, right? My mm-hmm. mom was an educator, but my my father was a businessman, okay? And he would really, really enforce this thing on me about not just being good, but about being excellent and about doing things um, in an extraordinary way. And he would always tell me, Brian, listen, don't be average. I need you to be extraordinary. And he passed away about 11 years ago, and he had not gotten a chance to see me bring this whole entrepreneurial thing to life. But every day I thought about him while I was building it out, and I knew I wanted him to kind of take this journey with me in some fashion. Um, and quite naturally, because he wasn't here, he couldn't be here, you know, physically uh, to see it. But I needed something to bring along with me just to kind of gently remind me of of his wisdom and of his words. And that is kind of where the 1123 part came from, because that is my late father's birthday. Oh, wow. That's the cool. Matt Black piece of it is Matt Black is one of the most extraordinary and timeless finishes in the interior design world in my opinion, anyway. Um, and so that is why I love the Matt Black thing. I love Matt Black so much so if you follow me um, on my designing spaces that speak design community on Facebook, I show a lot of Matt Black projects, finishes, fixtures. Um, I just love it. I feel like it's a timeless finish. And because of that, my brand, I definitely want to be timeless. So there you have it. Eleven twenty three, Matt Black. That's really cool. That's really cool. Like the 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 depth of the story is uh, interesting because, like I said, I I don't know why today. Like today was the first time I thought about it. it was like that's a specific name. I'm big on details, so it was just right, like, that's, right. <laughs> that, that's a really specific <laughs> name. Like, um, and it's also, I mean, the the, the funny side to it is, uh. I'm I Matt had to grow on me. Like it had to grow on me. When it first came out, I was just like, uh-uh. Cause I like shiny right. stuff. I just like <laughs> shiny stuff. So uh-huh. um I appreciate it. Like I I love Matt now. But uh the color or the name Matt Black to me is just like it's bold because let's say the trend goes out. You know, like not to right. say that that's gonna happen right. to your company, but you went for it. Like <laughs> uh-huh. absolutely. absolutely. You went for it. Um, Absolutely. All right, now we got this history out of the way. 
uh, let's dive into some of this design. Um, give us some 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 insight on what's uh, what's trending nowadays. I know for me uh, in the flooring and tile industry, I'm doing a lot of custom shower remodels, uh-huh. and I love uh-huh. I love the design part of it. Like I love going to the showroom. I love getting there before customers pulling out mosaics, pulling out tile, uh, matching up colors. I love that part. Um, sure. Yeah. So. From your side, you're doing the full spectrum of it. Give us uh, an idea on like just what's, what's trending out there. Sure. So I love when people talk about trends, okay? And here's why I like talking about trends. I like talking about trends because I don't follow it. I don't follow it. I'm definitely that designer that's going to break some rules, okay? So I like to talk about what's not trending anymore. And, and here's, let me explain to you why. So I like to talk about things being timeless. As a designer, people typically um, are going to, to call you in to do something that they expect to last for some time. They don't typically call a designer to come in and have to come back in in six months or five months or whatever that looks like. They want it to last a little while, right? Yeah. So sometimes one of the things about following the trend is that that's that's going to create the problem in and of itself because as soon as the trend is gone, they want to see something else. And it's kind of like, oh, oh, did I make a bad investment? What's mm-hmm. going on here, right? So I will look at the trend just to kind of see what folks are saying, what they're enjoying, that kind of thing. But then I will try to take my own twist and put it on that trend and create it to be something very timely so that my client gets um, a much longer lasting results but since you asked me what's trending i will tell you um emerald green is something that is trending right now whether it's in backsplash whether it is in tile whether it's the vanity for the bathroom or if it's just a set of throw pillows on the decor side emerald green is a big deal right now it pairs beautifully with gold it pairs beautifully with black it pairs beautifully with just about anything so emerald, go, emerald green is a big deal right now. Um, something else that's really a big deal, but it's interesting because when you look at some of the things that are going away as it relates to um, some of the higher end um, design professionals, if you will, that kind of forecast some of this stuff is this whole modern barnyard concept. So as much as it's trending and people are enjoying it, it's really on its way out. It's really, really on its way out, but it's still trending, right? So for how long, we don't know, but that's definitely something that's still trending. Also, guess what else is trending right now? What? Snow White. Snow White everything. Snow White floors, Snow White walls, Snow White paint on everything. It's just a big deal right now. And I think it's because you can combine anything with it. Also, Anthony, something I saw you do, and one of your projects recently, this mirror tile, is a big deal right now. Yeah. It's a big, big deal because bling never really loses strength. Bling is always there. And that's a big part of bling. So bling is a big deal right now, too. I, I, I noticed the uh, the Snow White on on a lot of houses. Uh, I just yes. recently did did a, a shower in a house. And like two houses, two houses down, the house. Outside of it, it's all white. And at Absolutely. first, I didn't like it. At first, I'm not, I'm I'm the kind of person I just I just need some flavor. But when you see something that's done right, 
you you just it it just looks good. Like it just looks sure. good. Um, and it's so I'm clean. noticing a lot, so yeah. Which is crazy to me because I would think I would be scared to do that outside of my house because I feel like it would get dirty. Like, I don't it, know how it, does. it does, but you know what's interesting? If you look at the landscaping that typically accompanies a white outdoor, yeah. you know, exterior, typically there's the bushes that come up past the line that the dirt would splash up onto the house. So the dirt normally would rest at the bottom of the house. So it stays much more clean than you would, would anticipate. See, it's them small details. Them small details yeah. like that that the average yeah. person would miss. Small. And rather than putting dirt near the house, they typically will put a rock line. So that's not dirt being really splashed uh, directly. The rocks kind of create a barrier. And they also create a barrier for termites and that kind of thing. So all of that is functional. And that's kind of some of the things that even, again, as a designer, we're looking at. Is it functional? Is it going to work well? Not just is it going to be pretty, but um, that white exterior is a very big deal now. And white wasn't a thing for a long time. Um, people were leaning more toward the grays and the earth tones and that kind of thing. Earth yeah. tones are making way back too, guys. Earth tones are making a, a huge comeback um, because they had kind of phased out a little bit and everything was great. All of the interiors, everybody wanted gray, gray, gray. Um, I was so tired of repost gray and mindful gray and all of these different grades. I was so tired of that. So I'm excited that the uh, earth tones are making a comeback. Um, the word functional was uh, brought up in that last statement. And that's the next area I like for us to talk about because uh, functionality is like everything. Uh, you walk into sure. a space and I always mention to customers that what's the purpose of this space? Like what what's going to go on in here? Um, so we can come up with the idea of what needs to be inside the room. You can make Absolutely. it look pretty all you want to, but if things are in the way, if there's not a walkway, if you're going to have uh, certain certain paths that, that have a certain size to them, if you need storage, all these things come into play when you're trying to design something. So give us some of your expertise on functionality. Like what is space savers nowadays like what's what's something that's 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 working for people when it comes to functionality so the functionality side of things it's a couple of different things involved in that not just how we use the space but it's kind of what do you like to see okay because functionality can be anything from a plastic bin that you use for storage but just as easily it could be a bombay test that is much more detailed in its makeup um, but it still closes and it closes off things that you don't necessarily want displayed. So it just depends on what the client wants to see. Um, it depends on how much space they have. But there's not any one wrong or right way uh, necessarily to create something functional. Okay. It just depends on what you want to see. But here is where I focus um, more on functionality as it relates to the design world. So in a kitchen, if a client says they want to put a particular backsplash up, I'm probably going to ask them, listen, to make this space functional um, and to make things work efficiently for you in here, how are you using the space? What do you normally cook? Are you cooking a lot of greasy stuff that's probably going to get between there and start affecting the grout line? Well, let's talk to the installer that should know kind of what finish needs to kind of maybe be over that backsplash so that we can keep it a little bit cleaner. Maybe we won't use white grout. We'll use pewter instead. All of those things, believe it or not, 
kind of go into looking at the way that they function in the space. Same way for the flooring. What are you doing? Are you spilling a lot? Well, maybe we should not use water-resistant flooring. We need to use something waterproof. And that's two, two different kinds of flooring. So we're looking at all of that. Are there animals in the house? Do you have kids in there? Maybe we won't use this nice stainless appliances. We'll use maybe the black stainless, which is new and trending. So there's a black stainless appliance um, that has that same bling and that almost metallic finish to it, but it's black instead of the traditional stainless silver. Um, so we look at things like that because who wants to clean those appliances all day, every day? But if we have kiddos, we can't always control that because they touch it. So we're looking at all of those things to make sure that you enjoy your space and that, again, you can function in the space. Oh, look, I'm, I, that's, when people call me about flooring, the first two questions I ask, do you have pets or do you have small kids? Because that's sure. going to determine what we put on this floor. Yep. You might have wanted that hardwood that you loved, but it'll get distorted if you got uh, Dobermans like I have that's running back and forth in the side all day. Yes. So yes. That uh, it's 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 those those uh, those that key information that you have to gather up front, like you said, to to know how to accommodate what's gonna go on in that space. Um, another uh, another thing that 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 pops out to me uh, as far as um the functionality that that design portion, how what's the process? Because I know I get phone calls and some people may be curious on how do we go from contacting 1123 Matt Black to my house being uh, totally transformed. Like, what's that process? All right. So the process is very, very easy. I've simplified it just to make sure everybody can, one, enjoy it and two, be able to utilize it correctly. So normally there's an inquiry. That inquiry either is through our website. It may be through a Facebook post. Sometimes it's a phone call. It just depends on, on how you hear about us. Um, so once the inquiry comes, I'm typically setting up a 30-minute complimentary um, virtual conversation with the client. And that conversation is really just to make sure that we're a good working pair, um, that I can definitely meet your needs. It's also to get a good handle on what's going on with your project. And it's to let you kind of feel my energy, let me feel your energy. Um, so that's normally step two. Once that that uh, virtual is done, that client is normally at that point ready to schedule their formal consultation. The formal consultation is where I'm actually physically going out to the property and we're looking at the specifics of the project. What's going on here? Um, we're typically taking measurements. We're taking photographs. All of the things that we are going to need to facilitate the project. Once that is done, we move on to the letter of agreement, okay? The letter of agreement um, and the proposal kind of work together. The proposal is what we're actually proposing to you based on what we gathered from our consultation. We're proposing what uh, needs to go on in, in that particular project. And it doesn't mean it's set in stone. It's just our expertise kind of combining with your vision to kind of give you an idea of what needs to happen. After the proposal and the letter of agreement, which the letter of agreement is the contract, it kind of marries us together. Once we, we kind of have those two things under control, we're ready to rock and roll. So what happens at that point is there's a, a concept that is built. Um, the concept is, is the scope of work. What are we doing 
in each space or in one particular space. What are we doing in those areas? And it's going to outline um, what we're doing. Once that concept is approved by the client, we then start sourcing. Um, sourcing is shopping, means shopping, and looking for uh, your items and just really trying to, to coordinate everything based on that concept that you agreed to or that the client agreed to. Once we source everything, the final finale, we are ready to install. We're ready to rock and roll. Okay, That is when everything starts kind of getting put in place. If there's anything that subcontractors need to do, quite naturally, they'll be uh, doing those parts. And that's just the process in a nutshell. Um, however, if it's new construction, sometimes there are some other variables in there. If we're doing some land acquisition or research, um, some closings and that kind of thing where the realtor is involved, um, or if there's a, you know, a heavy construction part, quite naturally, some of those details flex a little bit, but not very much. Gotcha. But that's just the, the process in a nutshell. Is there an average, I know uh, you got a different size project, is that average uh, turnaround time as far as like the, the, the time installation starts to the finished product? Nope, because it, it just it, just what you said. It depends on um, the size of the project. It depends on the budget. Crazy enough, the budget controls a lot of that because quite naturally, the larger the budget is, then you have more options that are readily available so it can speed things up. Um, sometimes, you know, if, if the budget is not hefty enough, there's so much negotiating and back and forth and, and really trying to bargain shop and that kind of thing that it can take a little bit longer. Right. Um, you know, it just depends on if we're having things imported that uh, may not be local things because I have clients that don't want local items. They don't want anything sourced locally. And it's not a bad call to make because sometimes when you source locally, you start getting things that everybody else uh, already has. And so they don't want things readily uh, identifiable to say that they know where somebody purchased this from. They want something unique. So those projects can take a little longer because we're waiting on items to be imported. So the, the time just, it really varies. It depends on a lot of different things. So uh, what's important for uh, listeners, homeowners to understand is you have to have patience when you're dealing with yes. design because things change. Uh, things don't marry with each other the way they might want to. Lighting affects uh, finishes, sure. um, and then there's change orders. Like you might, you might change your mind and say, you know what, yes. we want to do something different. And because uh, I know a lot of people always ask, one of the first few questions is, how much does it cost? How long is it going to take? And that's right. such a hard. You can tell how much it costs, but how long is it going to take? A lot of times that depends on the actual customer. Like, sure, <laughs> like, sure, absolutely. Absolutely. That that can that's very true. You know, Anthony, you made a good point there. Sometimes the customer um, is definitely controlling the flow of the project, right? And here's what I always say: I enjoy letting my clients have the liberty um, of taking their time. So I don't have a problem with when we start a project if they feel like you know what this is not really growing on me. I want to do thus and so, but give me a minute to think about it. I don't have a problem with that. Right. Um, because I want them to have a finished product that they are excited about, not just something good. I want them to have something great right. and I want them to have something that they don't just like. I want them to have something they love. So sometimes the, the, the client is really controlling uh, the timeline and the flow. But the important thing is that they understand that they're controlling that and they're not looking at you or looking at the company saying, hey, what's going on? 
when indeed it's kind of their call that, that they're making to kind of slow things down or whatever that looks like. So it's just a communication thing, you know, making sure you're communicating heavily, uh, you know, and, and not necessarily um, setting the expectations because sometimes there's not an expectation to set. Sometimes it's, it's just, hey, look, we're going to see where things are because we don't always know how long it's going to take for certain things to come in. Right. Sometimes we have no idea that up front. Um, so we set expectations as best we can, but sometimes it's just it's a stab in the dark because we just don't have control over everything. Um, I know communication. It seems for me, it always seems to come back to communication on mm-hmm. on both on both sides for uh, the the contractors or the design company and the uh, the the customers because effective communication can alleviate all problems mm-hmm. as long as you know how to uh, stay up on on top of what needs to be relayed to to back and forth. Sometimes people will assume, and those assumptions can prolong things. So uh, communications, even if it's uh, reaching out to manufacturers to say, "Hey, look, we had an idea on um, this this ETA for materials. Can you give me an update? Because I've been waiting for X Y Z days or whatever." Um, so communication right. is 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 huge in in our fields because uh, some people, if you don't stay on top of it, a project can slip away from you absolutely absolutely and the larger the company gets the larger your client base gets the more difficult all of that becomes um because at that point you're typically dealing with a lot of vendors and and that kind of thing so my thing is always just you know what works for me is looking for systems and um software and apps and that kind of thing that control those situations for you mm-hmm. because it, it gets a little bit bigger and, and it's more beyond just paper at some juncture. It really has to be something that everybody can kind of log on, look at. But here's the deal. Those programs are only as good as the user right. and the person inputting the information. And so with that, that was one of probably one of the biggest things that I've had to learn and still to date, because I like to keep my finger on the pulse. Um, is probably that was one of the hardest things is just saying listen it's all right for other people if you've entrusted them to be on the team and you've entrusted them to help bring this vision to life you've also entrusted them to make some mistakes you've entrusted them to not input something correctly all the time but nonetheless we have to to work on these systems and really putting things in place that help the communication because it's just bigger than paper today it's just not functioning that way um, you really have to have a good handle on that. And it's hard because that stuff changes by the minute. So you right. spend time in all these classes, learning and doing demos for all of this communication software. So it can it can be very tedious, but it works if you work it. Right. Um, another thing that I wanted to know, uh, so we, we're talking about uh, the homeowner side for the contractor side, um, you being the design <laughs> firm, can you give... Uh, us contractors any insight on how can we uh improve our relationships with the designers some people may want to uh to build a relationship they want to acquire or start a relationship with design to say you know what i want to do creative stuff how do i partner up with a design from your expertise mm-hmm. what can contractors do to build so here's what i will say what they need what contractors can do a little differently is learn and be okay with growing. 
Okay. And when I say growing, sometimes we start our craft and we just want to do what is comfortable to us. We kind of want to do and repeatedly do what we're accustomed to doing. And we don't always want to grow. So when a designer comes into the mix and starts forcing the hand and wanting these different things, sometimes that's where the conflict lies because the contractors don't always want to try new things and do new things. So one of the things that a contractor should do before they set out to decide to maybe work with a designer or alongside a designer or um, to form a partnership, you know, in, in some aspect with the clients that that designer actually serves is figure out the, the style of the designer um, that you're interested in working with. If that designer is not designing based on the style that you enjoy, they're not necessarily um, doing things that you want to learn, then that's not the designer for you to partner with. For instance, if you are a very traditional contractor in your makeup, you should not partner with a modern designer if indeed you don't want to learn some modern skills or some modern things or some of the, the, the newer um ideas and stuff to incorporate. If you don't want to do that, you probably shouldn't partner with that modern designer. You got to find a designer that does more traditional based projects. Right. So it needs to be a nice, um, even blend. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Now from the homeowner side, what can homeowners do to improve that process? Say, you know, you, you have a lot of customers that's reaching out to you, um, that coming into, uh, the design portion, what can homeowners do to make it easier on you and themselves? Partly the same thing as the contractors. You heard me mention in the beginning, um, you know, about different styles, right? And Mm -hmm. so, Whenever a homeowner is looking for a designer or a decorator um, or a builder, for that matter, you need to look and see what that builder or designer or contractor style is, because sometimes the, the confusion is just that whenever you're you're not sold on something um, on the contract and designer and decorator side, that's not your thing. It's going to be very hard to bring that vision to life uh, in the best light. Yes, you might be able to wing it, but it won't nearly be as beautiful of an experience for the homeowner and for yourself if it's not a style that you're sold on. So when a homeowner is looking for one of these professionals to bring their vision to life, find out. See, listen, this is my design style. This is kind of what I like. This is what I'm thinking about. Is this something that you normally bring to life or something that you want to bring to life? Okay, not just hey, can you do the job? Because our answer is probably going to be yes, because we can do it, and that is true. We can do it, but do we really like to do it? You know what I mean? So find somebody that really likes what it is you're trying to bring to life. I think that's that's huge um, that you say that, because, uh, you know, sometimes we we can, as business owners, we can uh, look at a project, and we might look at the price tag and say, oh, yeah, I want to do this job. And then you get on the job and it was like, I shouldn't have took this one because I don't really want to do this. Right. But then you can't tell the customer that because it's unprofessional. <laughs> exactly. That That's the point. You, you can't really say it. But here's what this is exactly why I do what I mentioned earlier in our conversation about the 30 minute discovery session, because during that particular time, um, which is why I offer it complimentary because that is really a time of discovery. That's why it's called a discovery session. Um, I am trying to figure out and discover at that time 
does this client have something going on that I can really facilitate in their in their project? Do I really want to do it? Do they really want me to do it? You know, we're looking at all of those things at that time, so that way nobody's time is wasted. Oh, that's 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 huge. I'm sure you have no problem scheduling uh, discovery sessions with people. None. <laughs> None. And I learned that through experience. Yeah. <laughs> Because people don't I want their time wasted. When, when when you can no. when you can uh you know uh tell it to them like that is like you know this this is to save everybody's time. Um, for exactly. me to get to know you, for you to get to know me, to see if we're a good fit. Because it, if we don't fit, there's no sense of me either one of us forcing this project. I want you to That's get your job right. done, but if I'm not the right person, let me just facilitate you to somewhere else that you could be happy with. Because I don't want you to be mad with me. Absolutely. And we have real conversations during that time. Like we are really talking, you know, in depth about just a realistic budget for what it is that they, they want to see happen. You Ooh, know, because sometimes, you know, that's that's a big deal. This budget is a serious conversation, you know. And uh it took me a minute to really get comfortable with the budget conversation. I call it the B word. It took me a minute <laughs> to get with the B word, you know, yeah. um, because I'm just not that person that likes to talk about money. But what I figured out along the way is that a lot of people um, just weren't realistic in what they thought a project uh, should cost. And some of that is because there's a big social media um, influx of decor stuff and design stuff. And it's so unrealistic in its makeup, the way that people present this stuff. And so when a client gets ready to do a project in real life, they are totally confused about what it's going to take because they've been watching all this DIY stuff and just different things that we all look at. Um, so I, I learned that one of the ways to calm down some of the confusion was really to have that conversation about the B word, the budget. The B and word. I love talking about that. Paint. Oh, I love it. I love it now. You know, now it's a good conversation, but, um, you know, it's really about making them understand it. So during that time in that conversation, I'm really breaking down for them. Hey, listen, this is the average cost of X amount of backslash. This is the average cost of just the flooring that you might take out. We haven't even talked about the installation and the labor yet. This is the, you know, and I'm giving them some real numbers that apply to current day um, things as it relates to product or service. And so when we start having that conversation, one of two things happen. Either they weren't really, really sure and they, they, they didn't realize they were so under budget right there. And so they're okay with saying, listen, instead of doing five rooms, let's just do two rooms because I didn't realize that was going to be the cost. Mm -hmm. But now I kind of know what to save up for. Or their response will be, you know what? I do have enough to do my entire house. I've been saving and I didn't even realize how much everything was going to be. So I just kept saving. So you know what? I can do more than I even anticipate. Right. So it's, it's one of those things. But if nobody's spending time educating them on the budget, um, then, you know, sometimes it just kind of stalls things out as well. Got it. Got it. I love it. Look, if if you don't mind, I love talking numbers. I love talking numbers because I need people like you say, <laughs> I need you to know the truth about stuff on the average. I know you say you do high end. Let's say, yes. uh, if we're not doing high end, I haven't tapped into the high end market. Okay. Yet. Um, average bathroom remodels. The internet would tell us $20,000 is an average okay. bathroom remodel. Is that true? Is the number low? 
I know it's not high. (laughs) It just depends on the material you're using. But here's what I can tell you. Just the average uh, custom shower alone. And we're not even talking about high end using the most expensive tile. We're not talking about putting jets in. We're just talking about a nice tile, a very nice deco band, which is usually that pretty band you see either running vertically or running horizontally around the shower to give it a little character. Um, If you put a small bench, and I'm not even talking about a full bench, a lead, if you'll call it that, um, but just a regular custom shower could be upwards of $10,000. Oh, let me give you so, some hand claps. Please give a applause. <laughs> Please, Lord, thank you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. See, I just, that's, that's what I needed. To, that's what I needed these people to hear. Because people, yeah. look, I it'd be some really, uh, I'm not going to say disrespectful, uneducated prices. <laughs> right. That's exactly what it is. So there just has to be uh, a lot of education going on because the average bathroom remodeled, and, and again, this is just something nice. I'm not talking about something over the moon, um, but something nice could be upwards of twenty, thirty thousand dollars. Right, and this and is average. And, you know, absolutely, is and average. that's just you know putting some nice countertops on. Doesn't even have to be granite necessarily. We talking about maybe quartz, um, just some nice countertops, nice plumbing, uh, faucet, and that kind of thing. Um, putting down some new floors putting in a custom shower with maybe a nice glass door and a nice light fixture. And I'm going to just stop right there. And right. we're already at $20,000. That's right. not going any further. And when we you start know, seeing the stuff that we see on the internet, we enter the sure. 75000 price Easily. ranges. Because it be, it's, it's stuff that, it's really custom. It looks amazing, stuff that you would dream of, but it comes at a much different cost than what people are normally paying. Which is and, not a problem from everybody. They just, like you said, they just have to know. They don't know. You know what I mean? And so that's why I always tell people when you're building your design brand out or whatever that brand is, make sure that you use the words that are going to attract or deter the client or the consumer that is looking for that particular thing. Mm-hmm. So in my brand, you hear me say and you see things that let you know that it's a luxury brand. Mm-hmm. And so they anticipate when they arrive um, to, to have that price tag, right? And so it, it's not anything um, that is surprising. And the deal is that it's not that we deter uh, any of the other clients intentionally, um, but at the same time, everybody has a market that they serve, right? The target market. And so target there's market. a target market, and there's a reason for that. And so as a designer, my reason for it is not anything on the monetary side of things. My reason for it is because there are some materials that I enjoy working with mm-hmm. that come with a higher price tag. And so I need the market that can afford those materials so that I can enjoy working with them and bringing those materials to them. Right. As a so company, it's just an area that you shine in. Like that's just sure. where you excel at. It's not trying sure. to trying to charge the highest price. It's just that no. for, for your passion and creativity uh, personally and as a brand, this is where we shine. So this is what Absolutely. we offer to people. And it changes because that's not, you know, that's what I do um, with my company. But my company is also contracted out to nonprofits in the area and other entities uh, of business that focus on affordable housing, Mm -hmm. right? So Open Doors is a prime example. Open Doors is a, uh, a nonprofit that functions in the affordable housing space. And I totally enjoy doing those projects, which those houses are about 1,500 square feet, 
We normally bring them down to the studs and back up again. And we give families that never thought that they could afford a house with some of the newer bells and whistles and amenities. We give them that opportunity, right? right. So I enjoy those projects just as much. Right. So I do a little bit of everything. Um, but then, of course, there's always that sweet spot uh, where you excel and shine a little bit brighter. And that sweet spot for me is the luxury market. Amazing. Amazing. Brandy, I think we, uh, I know for a fact that you taught these listeners a lot. I'm glad. I'm hey! the the, num- <laughs> the numbers was there for me. It would look. I just need. I need people to understand. Ten thousand. Just start there. Sure. <laughs> let's let's start Absolutely. there. Um, tell tell the people about your Facebook uh, group because I got into the Facebook group and it was one post that stood like stood out to me and that stuck with me is. Uh, the wallpaper on the ceiling. I thought that was so, yes. so creative. Oh like, you know yes. what? Some people got it and some people don't. I can do design in showers, <laughs> but I don't mind saying when other people can can do better than me. And once once I saw that post, it was like, all right, all right, this is what she Thank does. But like, <laughs> well, listen, I love, 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 love wallpaper. I love wall covering just in general. And it's one of those things when Anthony asked earlier about what's trending Wall covering or wallpaper, whatever you want to refer to it as, um, of course, on the higher end of things, it's always called wall covering. Gotcha. But it has made a huge comeback. Some of it is 3D. Some of it is um, textured. Some of it is is just nice. You know, there's several different for different kinds, different price points. But nonetheless, that is one of the things that you will find me talk heavily about in my design community. The design community that I have on Facebook is called Designing Spaces That Speak. That is really, uh, as a designer, what I pride myself on is designing a space that is going to speak something, right? It is going to either speak your personality or it's going to speak something that you believe heavily in by way of culture, whatever that looks like. So that's why it's named that. But um, in that particular group, we talk about all kinds of stuff. You might see little clips of the behind the scenes project, if I stop long enough to remember to capture that. (laughs) Um, But You'll see some inspirational stuff. You will see collaborative projects where I have collaborated on other designers' projects. You will see a ton of different stuff. You'll see me go live and drop a few nuggets every now and then, um, very similar to what we're doing here today on the podcast. You kind of see me get to be me, right? And really just get to cut up and show up with my green fingernails and my wine-colored hair. That's who I am, guys. That is who I am. Um, and in that particular design community, you will get a chance to see uh, some of that. So make sure and join us. Send me a message. Send me a message on Facebook. I'm not a big Instagram fan. I'm trying to get a little better about that. And I think that my creative director is putting some pressure on me right now um, for this Instagram thing. So I'm trying. But for right now, Facebook is my baby. It works well for me. Um, I've connected with some really great people. Y'all listen, I don't just love design. I love people so make sure and reach out to me and stay connected with me oh look it's definitely for anybody listening it's definitely uh some stuff you can find in that group that i don't know where else you might see it like i i've seen <laughs> pictures people post uh pinterest stuff but in this group yeah it's 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 a it's a totally different level of of creativity um brandy i uh i definitely appreciate you being on the show uh, do me a favor, remind everybody of, again, who you are, what you do, 
where you do it, how you do it. Give them information for them to to contact you if if they need to. Um, I want at least one project for every one of my guests. I, if somebody spends yeah. some money with you, <laughs> the the mission is accomplished. So let them know how they can how they can uh, follow you on Facebook, all of the websites. Give them this this your time to shine again. So listen, guys, I can be located in a couple of spots. 11, www.1123mattblack.com. And that is the number 1123. So it's 1123mattblack.com. You can also email me directly if you have questions or you just want to reach out. And that's Brandy Landry at 1123mattblack.com. And my design community on Facebook is Designing Spaces That Speak. And my number that I can be reached at is 337-943-0900. So that has given you several different ways to reach out to me and stay connected with me. And listen, guys, you got to stay tuned to a project that Anthony and I are going to bring to life together in the very near future. I want you guys to stay tuned to that, okay? And thank you so much for having me as a guest today, Anthony. Oh, I'm excited because I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm excited. I love, Look, it's, love, love the element of surprise. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! You know what? I'm uh, I'm just appreciative for uh, creative people. I love being around people that are that are dreamers that um, you know, just just are optimistic about um, pushing the envelope. Like you said uh, about the contractors, is just being able to get outside of your bubble and grow sure. and just just do something that's that's not common. I hate doing stuff that everybody else is doing. Like I hate it. If I, I can't stand being like everybody else. So I love talking to creative people. Um, I love being a, 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 a member of the Facebook group. Um, I love spotlighting people that that's doing, just doing good things. I don't see competition in anything, right. uh, because it's, it's too much going around for everybody to, to enjoy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so again, I would, uh, I would love to have you back on the show. We can we can give them some more later. Um, and I appreciate you for coming through. Absolutely. Thank you. And listen, guys, everybody have a phenomenal and creative week. All right, Thank Brandon. You. Until next time, you keep doing great things, and we will talk later. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, y'all. You heard it. The design... Everything about design. She gave y'all some nuggets. Brandy Landry of 1123 gave y'all some nuggets. She gave y'all some uh, some good truth about these prices on these showers. So y'all don't be acting crazy when we give y'all these numbers, um, things to do. Everything, the, 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 the wallpaper on the ceilings, all these amazing things, man. I appreciate you guys for tuning in to the Floormaster Podcast today. Make sure you go subscribe. Make sure you go rate us. Like us, leave us a review. And I am super excited to be telling you guys this. We have finally opened up our e-commerce store. So you can purchase some Floormasters merch at floormastersmerch.com. That's F-L-O-O-R-M-A-S-T-E-R-S-M-E-R-C-H.com. You guys love the show. You love what you're hearing. 
please do me a favor and show some love. Go get you a hat. Go get you a shirt. Go get you a sticker. Go get you something for your baby. You get a book pack. You get a duffel bag. There is tons of things for y'all to choose from. Make sure you go check out floormastersmerch.com. Spend some money. Support the show. That way we can continue to do this and get better and better and better and better. In addition to that, make sure you go to simplyintricatedesigns.com. Check us out if you need anything on the flooring, uh, custom shower, bathroom, renovation, slot, side. Make sure you hit us up, contact us, schedule a consultation. Thank you all for tuning in and stay tuned to the next episode. We are out of here.